Hello, this is Ashley from Impact 89 FM, and today I'm here with Cheem. How is everyone doing today? Good, thank you. We're doing great. Good, thank you. Well. I wanted to ask, like, what's everyone's name and how you spell it and, like, what you do in the band? Uh, I'll start. I'm Sam. I sing and spell S-A-M. <laughs> uh, I'm Prince. It's P-R-I-N-C-E. Mm -hmm. I play bass. Sky, that's S-K-Y-E, and I play guitar and I sing. I'm Gabe, G-A-B-E, and I play guitar as well. All right. Um, and I'm Sean, S-H-A-W-N, and I play drums. As I was, like, listening to your music, I noticed that, like, you guys combine, like, a lot of different sounds. And I was just wondering, like, what you would cite as some of, like, your inspirations for that sound, whether it's, like, specific artists or, like, anything else. Yeah. I think as far as other artists that do the, the genre blending thing, um, very formative artists is, like, uh, Linkin Park, 311, even, like, Fall Out Boy, they work a lot of other stuff into their sound instead of just being, like, kind of traditional pop punk. Um, and then, like, individual influences, like, just in every genre that we, like, pull from, I would say, like, you know, hip-hop would be a lot of East Coast stuff, like, you know, the jazz rap, like, Tribe Called Quest and, like, Wu-Tang, like, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of, we pull from a lot of Jamaican music, a lot of 70s, two-tone ska, specials, the selector. And then, um, as far as, like, heavier music goes, I think, like, Primus is probably a big one. Uh, I would say certain hardcore bands, like Turnstile, that's a big one. Um, yeah, I don't want to go too crazy with it right now, but yeah. That's, that's a lot of a. I'd say electronic music as well. Like, true. Some drum and bass, some garage yeah. influence. Some jungle beats. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, like, R&B is just, like, another, like, vocal inspiration. Like, Frank Ocean and, like, 90s groups. You know, SWV. And Sync is a big one for yeah, us. We, we can't leave out the boy band. That's true. So. <laughs> yeah, people, people we, we've been called a boy band, and we're totally fine with that. So, <laughs> we're, we're, we, we embrace the label. Mm -hmm. We're a band of boys. Yeah. <laughs> Definition. So, like, on the subject of labels, I know that some artists, like, embrace genre and some don't. Do you guys have thoughts? Huh. We do embrace some and also we... we deny. Deny. Yeah. Allegations of others. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah. It's... The emo allegations are kind of inescapable. Yeah. And the word emo has become so, like... Like, there's a while where it's like, yeah, emo. That's, like, My Chemical Romance. It's like... Sure. And then, like, you get into, like, college and you're playing shows where there's, like, real twinkly Midwest emo bands, and it's like, no, that's emo. And then, yeah. like, now I feel like because, like, TikTok and so many younger people getting into alternative music, emo is coming back to meaning, like, the Fall Out Boy MCR type stuff. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with people calling us whatever they want as long as they like the music, but I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't say we're emo. Um, and then we also get the new metal label lobbed us a lot, which we're totally fine with that one, too. We love new metal. Uh, we've actually been calling ourselves new pop because, like, we're not really that metal. You know, we have some very loud guitars and very groovy beats, but there's not a lot of like discord, you know? Yeah. And like, uh, and, and dissonance. It's very like poppy, very melodic. Mm -hmm. So we say new pop. Would you go in the direction of like using social media in that form, especially specifically TikTok, like with promotion or like? Yeah, we've tried, um, but it just felt like, didn't feel, you know, like, like us. Okay. We were trying to push ourselves in like the way that, a lot of TikTok artists do present themselves on there, but I have been trying to like think about how we can like include our personality more with like posting online because we do have like a pretty strong personality within the band, but it's just like, there's like formulas that every band kind of follows and like everyone's like, oh, you gotta follow this formula. You gotta do this. Like, it's like, if you listen to this band, then you'll love us. And I don't know, it just doesn't feel like genuine. Yeah, it's very not genuine. It's, it's a matter of figuring out a way to apply the formula to us in a way that 
A actually works and B like doesn't like feel doesn't feel like we're we're chasing it yeah in that way yeah. or like yeah what Sam just said where it's like antithetical to like who we are as a band I also uh, don't really like the idea of like letting people in on like our process as a band and that's like a big thing on TikTok which oh, is yeah. like showing how like songs are constructed and how they come together and ideas and and whatnot and I think that takes away a bit of like the mystique and like the surprise of the music um that like comes around like a, just a traditional like release um so we like to keep things a little bit more under wraps until it's ready to go okay. instead of just like <clears throat> endlessly teasing things yeah the only thing we're going to gatekeep is our process <laughs> <laughs> that's fair okay that's it though anything else is whatever all the dumb stuff yeah, yeah. i don't, I don't know Dave, like could you see yourself like making like a oh this is how i made this cheat song like like, 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 like a, a mixed breakdown. Yeah, thing. yeah. Like maybe if I was doing it for my own like brand, like I'm a mix engineer, but like oh, doing it like for Cheen, it feels oh, weird. Okay, and I'd be so afraid of critique. So yeah. that held <laughs> my phone gun to your head. Yeah. Why do you want to interview? <laughs> Did we just make the song of the summer? Yeah, exactly. Um, that was the yeah. yeah. I just yeah. had the song of the winter. It goes like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that, like, from like research of like two vocalists. Yeah. How does that like change things? Or like, it's awesome. It's great because it you fun? only have to sing fifty percent of the set. Yep. So you don't get as tired. Yeah. Um, but it's also cool because we have very different voices. So yeah. it, you know, if if a part is like, because I, I sing and I also rap, and I think I have a very different voice than Sam. Yeah. And Sam's voice is really good at doing things that are just like impossible for me. So we can showcase a lot of different vocal styles and different parts and you know our voices kind of sit in different ranges so it's 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 pretty easy to like represent a lot of different melodic or non-melodic ideas vocally and have it covered between the two of us right. cool. i get a lot of uh very specific comparisons it's uh brandon yuri and patrick stone i get it all the time yeah, yeah, which i, I love like the first cd i picked up as a child was uh, a few you can't sweat out so was... your sound changed over time what was the process of like evolving that? Are there people that are like, girl, why did you guys change? And like, oh. how do you react to that? It almost <laughs> feels like we start over our band like multiple times. Like I'd say this iteration is like 2019 on, mm. but uh, Sky, you can, you can like at least explain the beginning. beginning. Yes. I mean, the, the start of the band was like pretty derivative. Like I think the initial like reason we started a band was because we listened to artists like Taking Back Sunday and we're like, let's do that. Like we're in high school. That'd be cool. And then over time, you know, adding different members to the band and having the lineup change influenced the way the band sounded. Uh, so like bringing Sam in on vocals, it was like, oh, well, now we can like kind of do like more R&B influenced stuff. Like Sam can do like crazy runs and like all these like multiple part harmonies that we like hadn't imagined working into our music before. Fair only had a drummer ever and I joined the band. He came from a much different background. Like he wasn't a rock drummer. He was like a gospel sort of funk hip hop drummer. And so he would interpret riffs in a way where it like, reimagine them in a much groovier context it's like wow we could actually be kind of like funky here like we can bring in some more stuff mm -hmm. and so we just kept running with that and taking it further and further away and the sicker we got of playing with bands that sounded like very like stock pop punk or stock emo it was like the more we enjoyed doing like the different stuff and the groovier stuff and uh and then it got to a point where it was like well you know i had been making beats for like years and like gabe has a lot of background in production where it's like well we can work in a lot of electronic elements now and just like bring a whole new layer to the sound and so over time, we've just sort of like shed the, we've, we've taken on different, like a, like a different set of regulations as to what Cheem is 
versus like being enclosed in a much smaller box like you know five six years ago however i'll say the sound that we're at now i think is an amalgamation of like different eras of cheem compounding into one where like you know our our release cheem tv feels very different from our last album and the music we're working on now and i think it's because we have like very gracefully now been able to marry the like the the rock elements and all those extra things that we experimented with like electronic stuff and all the other genres outside of rock but like painting it over this you know pop rock backdrop mm-hmm. um sure. but also to answer your question are people like grr we've changed i don't know so much i think people have like asked that we put our old stuff back on spotify they have expressed that that's like probably the the greatest extent of that yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i I have had people like in the past poke fun about the way we've changed our sound but (laughs) but like at the same time like we don't like the oldest stuff that much so like who cares like we're doing it because we make it happen exactly We're, we're here because we like the music we make you know and it's like everyone else whoever whoever likes it else is like that's cool, but like I'm here to make the music I want to listen to. So with the new album "Guilty Pleasure" that just came out, how has touring for that been? Like phenomenal, probably the best. Some of the best tours we've ever gone on. Uh, yeah, getting to play these songs live has been a treat, and it seems like the reception has been really good. It's it's definitely a, like a record where I think not for the first time ever, but like more so than any other era of our band's history, we go out and people like know words to the songs and are like saying them back at us, and it's yeah. like whoa, like this people are really yeah. connecting with this. So I think that's had a huge impact on how touring has gone. So you guys are from Connecticut. And so how do you think like the like DIY scene here compares? Is it different? This is actually our first England? time here. But yeah. like we, we totally got out of our car and like it was like open arms, like immediately like very warming and welcoming, welcoming and friendly. And a lot of, it seems like a lot of kids here that are like really into like the, the punk scene that we are like a part of. So exciting people say that uh people from michigan are really nice like so I guess far every, so every michigander we've talked to <laughs> is, has, has been super awesome to us we've been here for like two hours yeah so cool. <laughs> i mean yeah the, the i i remember and it might just be because you know we were younger at the time but like being introduced to like the a similar scene where we're from in connecticut it was a little more like standoffish i feel like and that might just be the east coast in general or like the northeast specifically but uh you know i think uh you know, there's passionate music fans everywhere, and it's it's there's definitely some people that you know are similar to the to the passionate, enthusiastic Michigan people here in Connecticut. They just might be less concentrated there than they are here. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and we're like weirdly not super tapped into like the scene we used to be in Connecticut. You know, I feel like when we were in college, it was like, oh, we know all these college people, and like therefore we're part of this network. And yeah, I mean, like you know, and there's also like. Connecticut it's just because that's where we came from like so many things that have happened to us over the course of us being a band happened like in Connecticut so there's just like people there that are like praying on our downfall which is weird but I think it's touring is always more fun than local shows (laughs) honestly like I've in in my past memory I know I know like we had a a good one recently in in Hamden Connecticut yeah Um, we have had some good recent shows in Connecticut I would say they come and go you know yeah they come I feel like Connecticut's a very transient state so people leaving it all the time coming and going and yeah yeah we've we've been around for a bit so we've seen a scene change yeah I mean, currently you know you're running a venue. yeah um a lot of the stuff past like covid just like died out and like i live in a venue 
So being able to like rebuild the scene a little bit in Connecticut, it's, it's like hopeful to see like where things are going now. But there's definitely been a huge change since like pre-COVID. Yeah, it's still not that many venues. No, at least they're like reliable. Exactly. Yeah. You know, a lot of shows, a lot of CT like falls under this weird veil of like having the same bill a little bit too often, which makes things a little bit like stale. Yeah. yeah. But usually they're, they all go hard though. <laughs> Everyone just is kind of show deprived in that area. <laughs> yeah, true. So like, what do you think is the importance of like DIY spaces? Personally? Like living in a DIY space myself, there, there are a lot of passionate artists in Connecticut that like just want a space that they can express themselves at. And that's like super important. Like even like smaller, smaller artists, like we'll have like local solo acts play and stuff like that. So they can like start, cause that's really how you got to start. You, you have your music, but then you need to showcase it once you're ready. And that's really important. The music scene's not going to like stop happening. People are going to keep doing music, you know, new young kids playing music. They need that space to like be able to be themselves somewhere. And if that's musically, we got it. So you just save space to like mess up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has to start somewhere. Not, not everybody can like sell a hundred tickets. Like when right. they're starting out, like these venues. So yeah. Well, right. Venues are important for that. Does that like cover like what specifically you guys like about playing them? Like I um, personally think that it's pretty cool that there's a network way beyond our local region of DIY venues that we can tap into and tour through. You yeah, know? They, we we owe DIY venues for majority of the shows that we've played. You know, we've we've definitely played and non DIY situations, and you know, you understand that the risk that comes with that is like, oh, the venue's gonna keep a larger cut of the money you make, you know, but, but we get this awesome sound system. So there's all these, these trade-offs that we have to do when we're obtaining shows, but really what got us to where we are were the DIY shows that, you know, we were local to, and then that many of our tour shows happened to be, but we still feel, we still feel like rock stars, you know, even though we're, we're doing it in random places, you know, here and there. Laundromat, yeah. garage, rock climbing gym. Yeah, but, yeah, but so, some of like, my best memories, like the hardest shows have been in the weirdest spaces. Yeah. You know, the warehouse we just played, yeah. that was cool. That was very cool. And it's all, the same thing is true for all of those weird spaces is the intimacy factor of just being right there next to the crowd on the same level or maybe very slightly elevated. It's just like so, I don't want to say it feels casual, but it feels a little bit more like, I don't know, special, especially seeing bands like that you really enjoy in that capacity, not just playing the shows, but getting to see the other bands on the bill, like right there and being like, dang, like sooner or later, these people are going to be playing way bigger shows, but I get to see them right here, right now. You said rock climbing, Jim? Yes. yes. Uh, so what is the story? So we did a tour, like a little short kind of run. It was almost like the first half of this tour. There's five days with a band called Battle Mode, and they kind of set everything up. And we played some interesting spots on that tour. And one of the spots they lined up, the rock climbing gym in Albany, Albany Indoor Rock Gym. And uh, it was an interesting spot because they had it right underneath like this huge rock wall. And so it looked insane. All the pictures and video looked really cool, but it was on like the carpet portion. So nobody was allowed to wear shoes. Like you had to wear beaner socks. It was so comfy standing really comfy. and watching <clears throat> the other bands. Yeah. It was also raining. That's true. So it made for an interesting dynamic. It's also interesting yeah. to hit pedals with like just your big toe. Yeah. Was it outdoor? 
No, no, it was indoors. But it was just it was just raining. You were just attracting water. So you know the the portion of the venue inside. where you wore shoes was really wet. I see. Um, and then the the squishy. the sock area was just uh, squishy. It was fun moshing on that soft area though. It was very on. fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was like because like I, during our sets I jump a lot. And like my feet didn't hurt after. It was like I was like, oh, this is made. I, we should play more places like Way this. Way better than concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Just is there anything like you guys are working on that you'd want to talk about? Or we uh we have another five track release that we're like pretty close to done being tracking on. We're just after that, it's got to get mastered. That we're expecting to put out in March or April. We really want to get our stuff together for it beforehand and make sure like the rollout is uh is good. And we also want to. Potentially plan some some tour dates around it, but we're very excited about it. We think it's the best music we've made ever, and uh, it definitely sounds the best. Like all the quality of everything, the way we recorded it, it's just like pristine, like yeah. very very professional sounding. Shout out to Gabe, and uh, shout out to our buddy Matt. It is really going to leave people wanting more. Mm. But yeah, we all, I mean, the thing is, we always have a backlog of stuff we're working on. So like, there there will be more hopefully sooner rather than later following the EP. But yeah, five tracks is a definite coming out at some point next year. Yeah, yeah, we haven't dropped the name of it, right? I don't think so. Okay. Then we will continue to not Can I do it? it? No, no. Real no. ones know that. Real, real ones know. Real ones know. We'll tell you what, it starts with an F. That's it. it starts with an F. That's an exclu- that's an impact exclusive. <laughs> it's called Foo Fighters, guys. Yeah, we're <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you so much Thank for you. being here. Thank you. It's great Thank to you. talk to you. You too.